We head into the Word of God this morning, and we're heading into Exodus again. We get today to talk about one of the most important and fun events that happened, which is actually the crossing of the Red Sea. Amazing. Exodus, it'll be chapter 14 together. All these old stories, how they really affect you and me. Kind of come and start to hear them. I kind of remember them from Sunday school, and you start thinking, well, I just... I'll just come, I'll worship a little bit, and then I'll fade off. So don't fade off today. Oh, sorry, that was me making sure you're awake. Because <laughs> I'll tell you this, it's like if I try to make it come to life or make it for you and me this morning, what I hope you get in your heart is, is, is somewhat along the lines of this. So when I was much younger, before I, I think it was before Danny and I were married, I don't really remember perfectly, so Danny can correct me. But I thought, you know, we're going to hang out with my mom and dad, and we were there, and, and we were going to do a little river ride together. That's where you get on, in, in southern Oregon, you get on a, like an inflatable orange, one of those torpedo kind of things. And Danny and I were doing it together, of course, you know. And so she was in there with me, and mom and dad, or some other people were in another one. And we were going down the, the it was by Galice, it was the Rogue River. And I'm all suave, and I've done this before, and I know what I'm doing. And I managed to turn and turn this way and turn that way, and she's in the front. I think she was in the front. And then, of course, you know what happens. I tipped it. She went in. She went drifting along rapids. She can tell it much more better than I can. But I do know this. She'll never do it again. Not with me. <laughs> Smart woman. Sometimes I think life, we think of life that way. I've got to make the right strokes. I've got to make sure the boat's pointed right there. If I don't turn it just right, it's going to tip over. There's something going to happen in my life. And if I don't get it just right, poof. Wet or dangerously close to death or whatever, right? I'd like to propose from our text this morning that you think of life differently. More like an I don't know. I know it sets me off as someone who's very privileged. I've been to Disneyland. And I've been on the... Indiana Jones ride. You guys been on that one? Some people may have know about it. Even if you don't, it doesn't matter. You can get this. Because you get on this roller coaster basically inside. And you get on and strap yourself in. And I'll tell you, it seems like you're going to go sideways 14 times from yesterday. You come up and all of a sudden you go down and you jerk this way and you jerk that way. And by the end of the ride, I need a chiropractor. But you know what? The whole time I've been safe. I was on a track, and all these experiences that start to engage me and throw around. I think, oh, no, it's up to me. Did I not turn or lean rightly? It's not going to change whether I turn lean rightly. I'm getting from A to B, and it is how I experience it for sure, and I can experience it different ways. But do I really think that is a ride? I don't think it's wrong for us this morning in our text to start to think when the the waters get parted, and we get to see a little bit of the hidden heart of God for people. He's got a plan. You're on a ride. And, and, and I don't mean to make it, make it, make it uh, slight or make it, I just want it to get that God's got you. Do you really think so? So let's go through this and, and think with me what's going on in this amazing event that's meant for us to take into our heart that Israel had to remember forever. This is super big stuff. So walk with me. It's, I'm calling it hearts and feet. 
And I know as soon as you say, well, you should say hands and feet. No, this is hearts and feet because it's talking about things that happen in your heart and places you and how God underneath it is controlling and knowing it all. Okay, so chapter 14, we're going to start with Pharaoh's heart. With Pharaoh's heart. Verse 1. So, then Yahweh said to Moses, Tell the people of Israel to turn back and encamp in front of Pi-Hahiroth, between Migdal and the sea, in front of Baal-Zephon. You shall encamp facing it by the sea. Okay, now these day places are lost in time to us, most of them. But the traditional way, God is directing his people, and he took them kind of the long way around towards the wilderness, but now he's telling them exactly where to go. For Pharaoh will say of the people of Israel, they are wandering in the land, the wilderness has shut them in, and I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he will pursue them. And I will get glory over Pharaoh and all his hosts, and the Egyptians shall know that I am Yahweh. And they did so. Okay, so here's the, the picture, right? The scene comes up, and God has already rescued his people. Right? They're headed out, two million of them. So, so I mean, think this through, two million people, that's 600,000 men and all the women and children, and they're walking and all their livestock, whatever they have, they're, they're walking. So think about every single person in Whatcom County walking on I-5, and then multiply that by 10. So for every one person in Whatcom County, there has to be 10 people, and they're all going to just be walking in a single pathway. To, to, what? You've never seen such a traffic jam. And they're walking, and, they're, and they're, here they are. And so they're going, they're leaving, and God's done it. They're on foot. What a huge train in this cloud by day and this fire by night. And they're following. And as they follow, God's telling them exactly where to go. <clears throat> go towards the sea. And, there's, and then we think where they went, there was water on two sides. And so there they are. And they're supposed to, it says, face the sea. So they're looking at, uh, okay, we can't go any further. <laughs> That's the setup. And I'm going to use that, the text is saying this, right? I'm going to use that to entice Pharaoh to come on out. And I'm going to harden his heart, and the Egyptians shall know that I am God, I'm Yahweh. Okay, I just, I want to point out, I, you can't miss it, I hope, that they're just along for the ride. Right? God says, go here, do this, I'm doing this. Number one, he tells them exactly where to go into a dead end. I mean, talk about something that looks stupid, that looks dangerous. I know. Because they're a bunch, right? They're, they're a bunch of, of unarmed ex-slaves. They don't got weapons. They've got jewelry that they've been given from the Egyptians. And the Egyptian army is, is going to come get them. And why are they going to come get them? Well, oh wait, they just let them go. Why, why is God even doing this? Well, because Pharaoh's extra bad. No, it doesn't say anything about that. Because God's got a plan. He's executing something he wants. He wants glory for him, and he's going to do it. And he does it because he's God. And you don't get to choose. It's not your choice. God wanted them to come. He hardens Pharaoh's heart to make sure he does. It's not a moral statement. It's an I am in charge totally statement. There is God. There's you. They're not the same. 
no gun attacks. I just act that way. Sometimes. So look, it says, when the king of Egypt, verse 5, was told that the people had fled, the mind of Pharaoh and his servants were changed towards the people. And they said, what is this we have done that we have let Israel go from serving us? So he made ready his chariot, and he took his army with him, and took 600 chosen chariots and all the other chariots of Egypt with officers over all of them. Okay, and then you're like, well, what's the future? No, this is the equivalent of weapons of mass destruction. This is like, okay, you got people wandering, women and children on I-5, and here come like the, the panzer tanks. Normal people couldn't stand before chariots. You mow them down. And, and, and here's the point. And Yahweh hardened the heart. He said it again. Hardened the heart of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. And he pursued the people of Israel while the people of Israel were going out defiantly. The Egyptians pursued them. All Pharaoh's horses, chariots, and his horsemen, and his army, and overtook them and camped at the sea by Pi-Hahiroth, in front of Baal-Zephon. You guys don't know where that is? No. No, but it, it's in this little peninsula, most likely. And, and the Red Sea's there, but then the little body of water going down here, and there's nowhere to go. And they've got cars, and you're walking. certain death and so they're screaming in mighty egypt and god did it what is he thinking i will get glory god says well that's great but it sure sounds like at the israelites expense and certainly at pharaoh's expense what yeah how would you respond to that i mean i don't think how, how israel responds is necessarily israel responds with fear I know, I just couldn't resist that picture. Oh, I really liked it. <laughs> Bring it back, where'd it go? <laughs> oh, I know that's not an Israelite, that's a modern person, but still. <sighs> right, because there it is, when Pharaoh drew near, the people of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them, and they feared greatly, and the people of Israel cried out to the Lord. So, so God brought all these million plus people and they, they are they're looking out over the sea they can't go any further and then all of a sudden they hear oh they're getting a cloud of dust is coming they look and oh they lift their eyes up and there is an army going to kill them Duh! so they cried out to yahweh that sounds awesome what a great response well now what you would do is like god help that's what i do when like, i'm at the end of my rope god help me that's not actually what they're doing how do I know because that's what it says they said to Moses is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness what have you done to us in bringing us out of Egypt <laughs> is not this what we said to you in Egypt leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness I get it they're saying there's not enough cemeteries in Egypt I guess so you brought us out here to die rather than making bricks than soaking the ground with our blood this is what God does 
I'm going to go so far as to say something to you. I want you to hear it. This is what it always looks like. And I can't prove it. And I know, I know, I grew up saying, don't you dare always use always. What's the phrase? Never use always. Then someone says, never use never either. Always use most of the time. It, this is it, you guys. The works of God always look to us like they're going to crash off a cliff and die. I mean, this is, the, this is the event, and it looks to them in the middle of the ride, the middle of what's happening, it looks like the works of God are evil. You brought me out here to die, but, but it's actually their salvation. They don't know what God's about to do. They don't know the mind of God, how he's going to do it. They don't know. Do you? I know something. I, this, I'm going off. Okay, go off for a second. I know I know God in Christ is for you. I know with all my heart. I know that Jesus died on the cross for you when you were in heaven. You're with him forever. I have no idea what he's going to do to you tomorrow. I mean, we saw that last week. Some of our dear friends, our, their houses are flooded and ruined. You're like, God? We would never say, oh, it's because they built their house wrong. We're tempted. Cancer hit somebody. Well, they should have eaten them better food. Somebody dies young. Oh, if only they'd live better. You just don't know. But I know this. I know this because you know it too. I don't want to give away the end. This is so important. You're going to die. And then you're going to be resurrected. You know you're safe. God's got you. Christ has you. You're saved. Okay, but this is, this is, they don't know. They don't see that. Man, it just looks like I'm just going to get killed. He brought us out here to die. And so Moses says to the people, he says, don't, don't be afraid, fear not, stand firm, and see the salvation of Yahweh, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians who you see today, you shall never see again. <laughs> I know what this sounds like to me. This light momentary affliction will soon pass. Yeah, it's going to. Yahweh will fight for you. You have only to help him. No, that's not what it says. Huh? You have only to stay silent. What's that mean? Stop your grumbling. Realize he's got you. That's what Moses says. Goes back to our theme. God's doing something with them. They don't know it. All they have to do is be silent. I mean, shut up and trust. You don't even have to trust. There's nothing you can actually do. I mean, they're not, they aren't really trusting. But here's the truth. Yahweh will fight for you. That's the only thing that matters. Capiche? So it's a ride. It's not a treacherous path that might fail at any moment and you might get capsized and drown. It's a ride that God has you every single moment. And we think of that with our... So many people around us, even, even our own lives, as we don't have the experiences that we think God should do. And we realize he's hidden. He works underneath. And the most important thing is he has us. They're, they're going to try and learn that as, as God makes a display for, for them and for us. God's display. That's this last whole section. So Yahweh said to Moses, Yahweh said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the people of Israel to go forward. 
<laughs> this really fun statement. Actually, you could translate it. Why are you whining? Stop whining. Just walk forward. There's the feet thing, right? It's like, I, I just, just walk forward. So, but there, there, there's a sea there, <laughs> right? That's the whole thing. It's like, oh, just walk forward. But they look forward. It's the ocean. It's the sea. It's the body of water. If you walk into the water, great. Drowning was what he had in mind for us, I suppose. Not just the infants that were murdered by the Egyptians. Well, not exactly. You know the story, but it's not coming up on my thing. Just, just listen. Verse 16. Lift up your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it, that the people of Israel may go through the sea on dry ground. And I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they shall go in after them, and I will get glory over Pharaoh and all his hosts, his chariots, his horsemen, and the Egyptians shall know that I am Yahweh when I have gotten glory over Pharaoh, his chariots, and his horsemen. Okay, I still don't understand exactly if you're sitting there listening and you listen to that right there, you wouldn't necessarily know what's going to happen still. He says, I'm going to get glory over Pharaoh. I'm going to, I'm going to have you go forward. And the sea is going to be on dry ground. And then I'm going to have Pharaoh come in after you. Well, they're going to join us. We have a march across the sea. It's still hidden. Stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. Well, I don't know how to do that. God, I don't have no uh, uh, ability to do um, sea parting with hand stretching. I mean, that's what he's been told to do, right? And there's still a supernatural stuff going, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians. They're going to go in too. That doesn't sound very good for us. I will get glory over them. Okay, well, enough talk. Let's get the action. And so in, in 19, it says, Then the angel of God who was going before the host of Israel moved and went behind them. And the pillar of a cloud moved from before them and stood behind them, coming between the host of Egypt and the host of Israel. And there was the cloud and darkness, and it lit up the night without one coming near the other all night. Okay, so this is a really cool thing. So what's happening is, is that Israel was being led, right? All these people being led by the pillar of fire uh, during that, a pillar of cloud during the day. And, and so there it was that they, they the pillar went behind them now. What's behind them? The other army. Well, the other army, the army. They're coming to get them. And so now between the Egyptian army and, the, and Israel is the pillar it's a pillar of fire in the darkness because it's the only thing. And so it's like there's dark everywhere. It's night. You look, this is super symbolic. You, you look around and it's dark and you can't see a thing, except you can kind of see by the glow of the light of the pillar of fire that's protecting you and, 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 and it's between you and your enemies. That's awesome. And so they're watching as this happens. In verse 21, then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and Yahweh drove the sea back by a strong east wind all night and made the sea dry land with waters that were divided. Again, just think with me. I, 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 I never before I really looked at this this week and went through it over and over. I never caught some of these details. So I thought Moses stretched out his hand and all of a sudden, whoop, uh, that's a really technical word. Whoop is for like the sea kind of just dividing really. This has a stretch out his hand in this strong wind. Like you think wind is bad in Whatcom County sometimes. Think about what kind of wind it takes to blow the sea back. 
So when you stretch it out of sand, all of a sudden this massive gale force winds start coming. Oh, they're just blowing back the sea. The, 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 I mean the sea, it's not really the ocean. It, it, it's, it's the Red Sea, so it's, it's this big body of water getting blown back by amazing, powerful wind. And they get to, by the flickering light of the pillar of fire that's actually protecting them, they get to watch as it starts to go back. It doesn't all of a sudden, poof, go back. It starts to go back, and it starts to go back, and then, and then pretty soon it's dry. Wow. Utterly supernatural, and then they go exactly like Moses, I mean, <laughs> Yahweh had told Moses to do to them. The people of Israel went into the midst of the sea on dry ground, the waters being a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. This is so cool. I've seen depictions of the seven you. Mostly it's their, their funny ones because they, they show this wall of water and like a whale looking at them or a shark kind of blinking at them. But a wall of water, like a wall, they're, they're actually walking. There's a wall of water on either side of them. As millions of people walk down the, 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 it's amazing. This is supernatural. This is not something we can figure out how to do. I'd like to replicate this with, uh, no, you can't. What? How? This is God at work. Honestly, if you're really thinking about it, honestly, I think this is super scary. If I put myself and I try and put myself in their shoes and they don't really know this God very well. He's done some crazy plagues and a few of them hit our community and then, and then we got protected, but we did this weird stuff like killing a lamb and putting blood. On, I, oh, I, and now we're on the run and now there's this, this column of fire behind us and, and that's the only thing I can see by this kind of flickering light and this huge wind that's blowing past me and into the sea and now we're supposed to walk into the sea. I want off this ride. I don't want to be on this ride. Now I know because my fear was we're just going to die but now i know we're going to walk into the middle of this water and it's going to be and it's going to this wind's going to die i'm going to drown i will not survive i'd rather be back in egypt at least i know the day is the day and nothing changes and there's not like this a total dependence that that in one second i could be dead from the wall of water a wall of water coming down on me and my family and there's nothing I can do. This is, this is scary stuff. It's not yo-ho and a bottle of rum. That's a different ride. That's a Pirates of the Caribbean. No, sorry. <laughs> so the Egyptians pursued and they went after them in the midst of the sea, it says. All Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, his horsemen. And the, in the morning watch... Yahweh in the pillar of fire and of cloud looked down on the Egyptian forces and threw the Egyptian forces into a panic. And here we can pick it up, clogging their chariot wheels so that they drove heavily. And the Egyptians said, let us flee from before Israel for Yahweh fights for them against the Egyptians. Oh, that's the fighting. God said he'd fight for them. That's the fighting, right? Well, what's the fighting? He's not striking them with arrows or lightning. He's clogging their chariot wheels. 
It's like mud. God's fighting looks like mud. You know, they were chasing them. They brought them, oh, we got to go get them. So they go in, and their wheels are getting stuck, and, you know, they're horse-driven chariots, so the, the, the horses are getting panicked, and they're tangled, and they're panicking, and they're running around, and all this stuff because they can't go because the wheels have too much mud. The effective fighting of God. Silt. Doesn't look like much. Horses getting tangled and walls of water on either side. And here comes the final bit. Then, then Yahweh said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea so the water may come back upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots, and upon their horsemen. So Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the sea returned to its normal course when the morning appeared. And as the Egyptian fled into it, Yahweh threw the Egyptians into the midst of the sea. The waters returned. And covered the chariots of the horsemen, all the host of Pharaoh that had followed them into the sea. Not one of them remained. Okay, wait. Wait a minute. Whoa. So the, the scene there is also interesting. I never never really thought through the actual text. That, that what happened, it was dark. And so the Israelites are walking in the dark. They can barely even see the water because the pillar of fire behind them is all they can see by. So they're going through into the darkness of the sea. And, and behind them, you, you have the Egyptians. And then, and then they must go around the pillar, don't you think, or something. Because when morning comes and now they can see, like, they're over there. We can get them. And so they've got their own light, and, and they can go around, they can now see, and they go in. But, but the light actually is kind of important because when they get in there and they're stuck, now there's panic because they can't actually go, and they can see each other, like, not doing well. And, and then so there they are, and then, and then Moses stretches his hand out again like God tells him to, and then the waters come back, and swoosh, no more wind. In comes the sea. And they, they drown. Well, not a few of them drown. Not all of them. Some people think that Pharaoh escaped because there's some historical piece and doesn't specifically say Pharaoh died, but his army did. So and he came maybe started. That's, that's okay, whatever. Maybe he's a living testimony that God killed his whole army. It's not natural. It also is not natural because what's going on, you guys? The millions of people walking down, the Egyptians coming after them. It doesn't say they're at the other side. Is that how you normally think about it? That's how you normally think about it? Is it, it, that Israel went across the sea and they got to the other side and now they're looking back and the, the Egyptians are coming in and then God like, it's almost like, like one of those, uh, have you ever been on sort of a rope bridge? Like, I think it was kind of like how I thought about it before. Was there's this rope bridge, and it's like one side and the other, and then God takes the Israelites across the rope bridge, and then they get to the, they're looking back, and here comes Pharaoh, and then you cut the rope. <sighs> kind of like that? No. No, 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 wait, no. There, it had, this is more like they're on the bridge. They're still on the bridge. They haven't got to the other side. The water is still up. And they start walking, and they're in, and they're in this Red Sea part. And these, the, the Egyptians start coming in, and, and God has, has Moses raise his arm again, and the water back there shuts down, but their walls are still up. You guys, there's no turning back. You want to go back? Jump in the water. There's just you, and you're going to go keep going for it because God is miraculously keeping the ride that you're on is directly that way. That's, that's, the, that's the feeling of this text. 
waters return and cover their heads. All the hosts of Pharaoh followed them in the sea. Not one remained. But the people of Israel walked on dry ground through the sea. They're not done walking through the sea. Their walls are so remarkable. The waters being a wall to them on the right hand and the left. Now still that Pharaoh's army is gone, they continue on their path of, of you know, the Museum of Natural Water and History, whatever it is. The aquarium. It's a... Oh! Thus, the Lord saved Israel that day from the hand of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. Israel saw the great power that Yahweh used against the Egyptians, so the people feared Yahweh, and they believed in Yahweh and in his servant, Moses. I don't think that's the point of the story, but you do see their heart changed. They were like, oh, you're going to kill us, you're going to kill us. And then they actually experienced God saving them, and now they're like, oh, I'll believe. Well, yeah, blessed are you who don't see and yet believe, right? They believe because, because it's been amazing. They believe because it's like, in this section at least, in this particular story, they got to the end of the ride. In the middle of it, oh no, what's going to happen? I'm going to die. You got the big rock rolling on me. And you're like, oh no. And then at the end, you're like, oh, well, that was kind of cool. I guess, I guess that was a ride. That, that, that has this flavor. I mean, they shouldn't think anything else different. Right? They've been through the plagues, for goodness sake. And this is the amazing and powerful Yahweh who does not just deliver his people. He uses the deliverance in ways they don't get and they don't anticipate and they have no control over and does exactly what he wants for his own glory. And guess what? He gets it. It isn't them giving glory to Yahweh. It's Yahweh demonstrating glory as he wants. And this is the pattern. Dare I say again, always, always, you, little you. You can't control how much you grow. I can't even control my hair growing away. That's so sad. I can put cream on it. It doesn't work. Much less, did you get what was going on here? Did you catch it? Fire. God controls fire, the pillar of fire. Air. The massive wind that comes out and pushes back. Water. The waters part. Earth. The pharaoh, the, the, the very earth lets the wheel sink in and grabs hold. Every element there is, who controls them? Yeah. Yahweh does. Yahweh does. Our God does. This is it. This is the trust we have that we're on the ride, that he's got us, is really the question of our life, is how do you know you're on his side? And we know the answer to that because I have the Sunday school thing, but it's true. Jesus he comes and he speaks and his word goes out and it's a word from the one, it says, can I even put it up here for a second? It says that he is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. Jesus is exactly God. 
And, and you remember, we read it. We read it and had us read it for, but remember the, the transfiguration? There's Peter and John and they're there and they, 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 see, they see Jesus going up on this hill and, and all of a sudden like light and there's three of them. There's Jesus and, and Elijah and, and Moses. And Jesus is talking about his, and the word that you look at, if you look at it, his exodus. He's speaking of his exodus. This. The miraculous way that he's going to deliver his people forever. Who are his people? Those who look to him and live. Those who trust that that's the way. Those who say, yeah, yeah, this is, this is, I receive it. The gift because he speaks it to you this morning. The hidden ways of God, you will not tell, but you know the revealed ones, and the revealed one is this. He died on a cross for your sin forever. This is it. That's the picture of the cross. The, the, the Jews lusting for his blood. Pilate handing him over. His own disciples running away. Jesus Christ saved us alone. And we trust him. So I guess this morning, what I wanted to make sure you heard from the Exodus is not just the Sunday school story, but the underneath action of God that we start to actually lean on. And I don't mean to make it light, like here, you're on a ride, so you do nothing. No, no, but, but the sense that you're totally got, that you're, his arms are strong enough and holding you gives you the trust and the, the comfort to get through this life now because there are zigs and zags and ups and downs and all of a sudden turn around sideways and then the rock's rolling at you and you think, this is it, I'm done. And, and yet underneath it, you got this knowledge. I am on the ride. And it's a ride that lets you do what you want with your heart. Your decisions happen. You still act. Hey, this flooding happened. What a cool thing to see to see 40 people show up to help some families that needed help. How cool is that? And we got an opportunity in the ride to do different things and to love people and to act. And those are all good things. But underneath it is this deep thing that he's got us. And he's got us through death and into life forever. That's awesome. And he showed it this time through hearts, as he hardened Pharaoh's heart for his glory. Through feet, as he tell him just walk. And on the way, he did everything he wanted. That's our God. He's our God. And he's got us today. Let's pray.